Tyler, what is up, man? Welcome to Maybe You're Like Me. How are you doing today, friend? Great. It's good to be here. It is great. Now, uh, we are geographically not very close right now. You're up in, I believe you're in Tennessee, correct? Nope. Uh, Omaha, Nebraska, right in the same middle thing. of the country. They're basically the same spot. <laughs> Just kidding. I don't know why I thought Tennessee, um, because, oh, it's because you're the only 10 that I see right now. Um, but yeah, Omaha, Nebraska. <laughs> so we're we're probably dealing with a bunch of different uh, weather stuff right now. What What's temperature going on? in uh, the old uh, Nebraska. Man, it is like 60 degrees, like 50 or 57 degrees right now. It is beautiful. Yeah, Florida has not decided to be a part of fall quite yet. We ha- like we've been getting like in the 60s at nighttime, but in the day it's still in like the mid upper 80s and it's it's pretty gross. So <laughs> uh. Well, we got about four weeks of good weather per year. Uh, we're right in that window right now. So it's we're enjoying it. Family walks, you know, throwing oh, football yeah. around. We're enjoying it for these four weeks out of the year. Oh, that's yeah, that's fantastic. I uh I'm jealous of you. Um uh even if the weather is nice, I usually don't take a walk anyway, but I probably should. So <laughs> good on you. Um, I've actually been to Omaha once and uh, this is probably 25 years ago. And it was my first time ever going to like a actual coffee shop was in Nebraska. And it was, um, I don't even know where we were, but it was like, I just had this like this like eye-opening experience like this is what a coffee shop is and like it had the acoustic music playing there was bags of coffee everywhere and so uh is that's it, my memory 25 of years ago uh potentially yeah it was a long long time ago maybe Might 20 but caffeine was, dreams there was that was the happening like spot like if you're going back to say by the bell from my childhood they had the max <laughs> is where everyone hung out caffeine yeah, yeah, dreams yeah. is sort of the hangout spot in omaha uh-huh. <laughs> so it was a pretty cool place uh it shut down unfortunately rest in oh. peace uh, but there's a whole ne- new generation of coffee shops that have come up since so. oh that's great that and then uh that was the first and only time that i've ever heard uh tornado sirens and I was like, are we good guys? Do we need to like get in a basement? What's going on? And no one else was even slightly affected by it. Um, but Florida boy was like peeing his pants a little bit. So <laughs> luckily I didn't get uh wizard of Oz and, uh, yeah, everything that's was okay, how we so. are with hurricanes. Uh, <laughs> you know, if you we, guys get a hurricane, tornadoes, in Omaha, we just like look out the window. We're like, Ooh, we want to see what the tornado is. <laughs> it's very intriguing. <laughs> Yeah, we don't get scared, uh, but with hurricanes and yeah, earthquakes, we're like, whoa, you know, because we're not used to those. Yeah, Florida man is strong when it comes to hurricanes. Tornadoes sound uh, sound pretty iffy though. So, and mm-hmm. the thing is, we even get them down here every now and again, but it's like a, it's an oddity compared to normal. All right, I've wasted our time on a bunch of random stuff. <laughs> let's let's get to this, uh, Tyler. There's people out there that uh, this may be the first time that they're hearing uh, from you or getting to meet you. And so, if there's people out there that this is their first time, uh, give us like the the quick details. Who's Tyler Zach? Give us all the. The fun, like not not like business stuff, but like the personal stuff. Who's Tyler? Yeah, I am an Enneagram three achiever personality type who is a former black belt, former fraternity president, music, former music DJ and former pastor. Yeah. <laughs> so I just like those all those, those things three together. Always mix together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I grew up like here in rural Nebraska. First job was working on a hog farm. And detasseling, bean walking, all that stuff in the fields. I moved to the city of Omaha. You said you visited. 
Mm-hmm. You know, it's about a million people in the, the surrounding area. It's a very diverse, uh, big music scene. Like you mentioned, the uh, kind of indie people playing the guitar in the coffee shop. And I moved here to go to college and get a computer degree. And when I was getting my t- computer degree, I had sort of a spiritual awakening uh, in college. And that started to per- like that started to veer me in the direction of spiritual things. And uh, I actually became a campus minister uh, for nine years uh, to really help see fraternity and sorority students in particular uh, just grow and develop in those formative years. And then I got married to my beautiful bride, Lindsay. We ended up adopting two sons, uh, two biracial sons. One is on the spectrum. And so that's been a huge part of our story. So I, I appreciate your podcast because you know, I'm out there achieving, I'm out there doing things, uh, and people kind of see that persona a lot, but they don't get to see behind the scenes of how hard life is with, with you know, going through infertility, adoption, um, dealing with uh, a child on the spectrum and all the issues that come with that. Yeah. Uh, so that's been a big part of my story. And then after nine years of campus ministry, became a pastor, started a church, then merged my almost 95% white church with a multi-ethnic church uh, right before COVID started and then COVID hit. And this year I finally transitioned out of pastoral ministry and am now a full-time author, full-time Enneagram coach and consultant going to the workplace and do uh, business workshops and those kind of things. So I have space to do podcasts like this now. That's awesome. uh, Yeah. I'm so so happy you're here. Yeah. It's just a little bit about me. Yeah. So, uh, that I love all of that stuff and I I love getting to know, know, like the whole podcast is about getting to know people a little bit beyond the stuff that we see online. But uh, if we're going to get beyond that stuff, let's just go ahead and start with that stuff. So if we were going to get like the, like the hyped up version, like the, oh my gosh, this guy's amazing. Like, give me your, your Instagram highlight reel. Give me all that stuff. Who is that Tyler? Let's start with the filter before we get out of the filters stuff. Sound good? For sure. So for right now, the biggest thing I've worked on recently is an Enneagram series. Uh, It's a faith-based devotional series. So I've taken truth and I've contextualized it for your type, Uh, truth for your type. Uh, I've taken, you know, Bible stories and uh, plus, you know, the best of the best information from Enneagram books out there, both Christian and non-Christian uh, just from a variety of perspectives, I've taken all that wisdom and sort of condensed it and curated it into these 40-day books, so 180 pages, just on your personality type. So it's a it's a nine-book series. I'm just finishing book eight right now, and so I have one more to go to finish the series. It's a five-year project, and I've sold about 10,000 copies so far, without a publisher, without paid marketing. This is just organic, uh, just self-publishing. So that's been really fun. And then in the meantime, I've been growing an uh, Enneagram Instagram account uh, to about 46,000 people who want to become self-aware and improve their life and their relationships by understanding their personality. So that's kind of what I've been doing um, <laughs> on the side as a pa- full-time pastor. But then this year, uh, for the sake of my family and for the sake of helping my wife uh, homeschool our son on the spectrum... Mm-hmm. And devote more energy to my family in this next decade. I decided to jump out of ministry because it'd be very taxing. Yeah. It's very difficult. Um, so I'm moving out of that and just excited about the next decade of 
devoting myself to writing and consulting, coaching and homeschooling and just being more available for my family. Yeah, that's incredible. The I, I know that like, so I'm going to give you a nutshell version of how this whole podcast even started. Uh, this podcast started because I wanted to write a book uh, that helped me like uh, some of the books that you've written and uh, some other people have written that really helped me. And so uh, in the process of trying to figure out like if a publisher would ever want to touch me, they say you need a following first. And so I was like, oh, well, maybe I can start talking to people about the ideas that I've been having uh, and, and make. And so it just turned into this whole podcast thing. And so the fact that you've self-published and sold 10,000 of anything is unbelievable. So congratulations <laughs> on that. Um, and the thing that's cool, too, is you found a really big felt need that there's people that uh, you can wander through life and you it's it's life can be tough. But if you can find something like the Enneagram or um, uh, different personality tests and assessments that can help you kind of make sense out of number one, how you're feeling and how uh, you perceive things, then it can really help open up your eyes to a lot of things. So what was your start for the Enneagram? Like, how did you get in touch with the whole Enneagram thing in the first place? And then how did it lead you to write all these books and do this amazing stuff with the Enneagram? Yeah. Well, there's a lot of Christians that are skeptical about the the Enneagram first and foremost. And so, but I found it from a friend whose church was using it to train their leaders and help their leaders become more self-aware. And I was, I was thinking to myself, well, if this church is using it and they have a really high standard and high filter for, for cultural goods, cultural things, then yeah, I sh should jump in and, and, and try it out. And it was just as a caveat later on, I decided to do a deep dive into the history of it and the origins of it to get to the bottom of, okay, what, there's all these rumors going on of that it's occultic and it's a, it's a horoscope and all these things. And so I wanted to get to the bottom <laughs> of those things. So I created a whole e-course after doing a year's worth of research and investigation into the history and the origins, just to like bring clarity to people like, okay, it's a psychological tool. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's okay to use. Here's, Here's the nuts and bolts of it. And yeah. so I, I yeah, created an e-course an, uh, e primarily to help Christians mm -hmm. uh, not get, you know, not buy into the fear mongering. So that's kind of a, a side note, <laughs> side pursuit there. But getting back to it, it's a psychological tool um, that when I got into it and started reading about it, it profoundly impacted my life, profoundly impacted uh, my marriage. Is it right now is paying dividends on parenting my son and his personality type and loving him in the best way possible. It's given me information to take to his teacher. Like here, here's some tips to work with him in the classroom and, you know, the business, the workplace. And uh, so it's been a just a profound uh, tool to, that brings astonishing uh, self-knowledge and clarity. Uh, so I, I really love working with it. And so that's that's the reason why I work with it is because I feel like it's more profound and more deep and more convicting than any other personality tool out there tool out there. The Strengths Finders, the Myers Briggs, all of which I love, the big five. This has been the tool that has been the best by far. And uh so that's yeah, that's a little bit how I got into it. I like it. Yeah. So I told you earlier I'm a nine, uh, you're a three, you said. Uh my wife is a six. And um and it's just all, it's all fun. <laughs> like I didn't like, it's been, I can't tell you how many years ago it was that we uh, kind of stumbled on the Enneagram 
And it's one of those things that when you start reading like your type and then uh, your partner's type and all those things and the people around you. So we've uh, at the people where I work, uh, they've all done the Enneagram as well. And so it's just easy to see how I can better relate and uh, figure out how I can be uh, a better help where I am just know, knowing what I am and then also knowing how they're perceiving things, potentially how they're perceiving things. I'm never going to get it right, but, uh, yeah, it's a super uh, big help. And, um, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. So I'm, and the thing that's even better is there's people out there like you that are helping people like me that I, I, I get it on a surface level, but if to break it down a little bit more and to really figure it out, it's super helpful. Thank you for doing what you do, man. So yeah, well, f well, first of all, it's it's really helpful because we're talking about probabilities, not absolutes. Mm -hmm. So because you're you say you're an Enneagram nine or resonate with that, that type resonates with you the most. That means I can't put you in a box and be like, oh, well, mm -hmm. you know, you this, this and this. But it helps <laughs> me have some probabilities like, OK, um, he's going to be. uh it's, he's going to have a really hard time disagreeing with me <laughs> because he wants, he wants there to be harmony. <laughs> I do. Um, I do. So I need to encourage you to disagree with me and to, to remind you that conflict can be a form of intimacy, not something that, you know, it needs to be avoided. Not the way um, I do it. And encourage you, Mike, to speak up, to be a prophetic <laughs> voice in the culture and to, to speak up on the things that you're convicted on and not just go with the flow all the time. And, uh, you know, we'll talk about be, being a peacemaker, not a peace faker. And being a peacemaker means saying things that are hard for other people to hear, uh, uh, protesting at times uh, when there's injustices to, to just encourage you to speak up. So, uh, you know, I don't know. This is the first time we're getting to talk to each other, but it, it's it's very helpful information for me to know some things about you that I can instantly start encouraging you with. Mm -hmm. uh, that's And we, you said we're, you're married to a six? Oh, yeah. OK, so I'm married to a six as well. Hey, <laughs> and I'll talk a little bit more about Lindsay uh, in a little bit. Um, but that's just really helpful because now I see her as a protector, not a pessimist. Mm. Uh, sixes, you know, can catastrophize. They can uh, be problem seekers, not problem solvers. <laughs> they can see all of the, the negative things that could go wrong. And I always saw that as a lack of faith, like why don't you just have more faith like me? Just believe the best, like the best is going to happen. And so I just thought, I thought I was better than her, to be honest, to be, to mm -hmm. be bluntly truthful. I thought I had more faith mm -hmm. and I realized God brought me through a, a season of life that I'll get to, but I realized, no, like she actually loves people more than I do, uh, way more than I do. Um, and that she's, she's bringing up her concerns because she's trying to protect me. That's mm -hmm. a form of, it's a love language of, Hey, I want to keep you safe. I want to protect you from jumping off that cliff. <laughs> and, uh, there's been times where I haven't believed her. And I was, I kept thinking, Oh no, nothing bad's going to happen. And then the car breaks down because I didn't get the oil changed or something dramatic <laughs> like that. And I'm like, Oh, like she was right. Like she was trying to protect me. And so the Enneagram has helped me to, to realize that she's not a pessimist that she is a realist and a protector. And so I, I just see her in a different light now. I'm not sure if, if you see some similar patterns in your wife, but, um, Oh I yeah, just, absolutely. Uh, yeah. I heard on, I think it was a podcast a long time ago. It was, uh, and I've told this story on the podcast before, uh, but they were talking about how, um, 
uh, six are they're just so loyal. And uh, recently, there's been a few things that I've really seen the loyalty side of my wife come out, and it's it's beautiful and good. And um, but they were talking about how um, that uh, your enneagram number, like you can view it as a negative. So like the worry side of uh, of the being a six can be you can see it as a negative. But on the opposite end of the spectrum, it is a, a protector thing as well. And they said that. Uh, it's somewhere in a jungle. They uh, took all the uh, monkeys that would alert when there was problems coming away from a. Have you heard of this before? Yeah, because I thought I made it up. <laughs> no. Yeah, I've heard I think it, from it is. Cron. <laughs> yeah, uh, and so that you know the story that they uh, ended up taking all the like the alert monkeys away, and then they went back a few months later, and all the other monkeys were dead because they didn't have those people <laughs> there to like sound the alarm and protect them. And, uh, I could, I we could talk for a long, long time about how much my wife has saved me <laughs> from, cause I'm a, a jump first, think later kind of guy. And she is a, Hey, let's, uh, let's slow it down a little bit there, Mike. <laughs> and so, <laughs> yeah, th- it's cool that every, uh, every personality type in the Enneagram, we've all got our superpowers. We've all got our things that we're just amazing at. And, uh, if you can really focus in on, on those things, instead of the opposite side, the, the bad side of the coin then yeah, it, it makes life a little bit more beautiful. Yeah. And I love the way that you have this podcast set up is, yeah, you want me to talk about my highlight reel, about the things that I'm achieving and and great things that are happening. But, you know, I don't know if this was intentional, but one of the questions you said, hey, I'd love to talk about this. What what has been your, your favorite failure to date? <laughs> oh, yeah, we're going to get and, there. It's going to be great. That, that's such a great question because... Threes have a fear of failure, don't mm-hmm. like talking about their failures, uh, tend to airbrush their failures, you know, tend to be like Michael Scott in the office uh-huh. about our oh, failures. Yeah. Um, like, you know, I, I failed at this or I got knocked down, um, but that, but I was like a phoenix rising from the ashes and I got back <laughs> on track and I, you know, I got my stuff together and I, I learned all these new things and, you know, threes can airbrush even their yeah. failures rather than saying, no, I just totally blew it. And, uh, I was wrong. And threes don't like to talk about that stuff because they, they are convinced they buy into this lie that they're only loved for being Mm. a success. Yeah. So I don't want to talk about my failures because I I think that those people listening or watching will judge me and will think less of me. Um, but, but you asking the question, what, what are your failures? It's a good practice for threes to do because then I can t- I can open up about these things, even though it's hard. And you can say, "Hey, we still we still appreciate you, Tyler. We still respect you. We, uh, you're it's good to know you're human, <laughs> like the rest yeah, absolutely. of us." Absolutely. And so I just love that because uh, because mm-hmm. threes can like like myself can we can have our own podcasts and we can talk about our successes and how great we are and <laughs> put on the Instagram filter and make ourselves look better. Uh, but podcasts like this that get to the heart of behind the masks, behind the scenes, is what we need more of. So I appreciate uh, well, you doing thank this. Thank you, man. That means a lot to me. And um, if you'd like a little behind the scenes, my initial idea for a podcast when I was first dreaming about like what a podcast could be and look like was it was going to be called My Favorite Failure. And mm. um, every episode was going to open with me talking about the people's failures before we talked about their successes and yeah. how that, uh, everybody, every, I, everyone out there has failed at some point. Um, I, I had that idea and then I thought about it for a second and I was like, 
no one is ever going to book on this podcast. <laughs> no one's going to want to be introduced as today's failure is Tyler Zach. <laughs> so I uh, I figured out another way around it. So here we are on Maybe You're Like Me. <laughs> no, I appreciate it. I have a four wing, which means I, ha- I take on some of the characteristics of the number next to me. Uh-huh. And the fours are like the artists, the authentic artists mm-hmm. that like to go deep. And Ooh. Yeah, deep at any at every any cost. So even uh-huh. if you're talking about your failures or talking about tragedies, it's like we have to because that's the authentic way to do it. And that side of me that likes listening to melancholy music and all that. <laughs> I, if I could start a new podcast, it would be like Enneagram Confessional, the Enneagram Ooh. Confessional. Like come and like confess your deepest, darkest blind spots and mistakes. Because I like you, I feel like we can learn. Uh, yeah, from, like that's way more helpful than just seeing more celebrity type people out there with their yeah. awesome podcasts that look like they're living the life that we can't have. Uh, and that's just that's not real. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, do you think we could also get Chris Caraba to collaborate on that podcast and you could have uh, dashboard confessional Enneagram? Yeah. Confessional? Enneagram, so. the Enneagram confessional. <laughs> <laughs> and having been a I, pastor. Uh, I grew up Catholic early on in life and okay, but like, you know, I used to, as a kid, I had to go to the confessional and Mm. confess my sins to a priest. Uh, and I just, and there was a guy named Donald Miller. Have you heard of him? Yeah. Okay. He he was great because he was at a, I think it was Portland or Mm -hmm. somewhere in the Northwest where he like reversed it and he built a confessional booth out in the middle of a college campus and said, Hey, come to us spiritual people when we're going to confess our sins to you because mm-hmm. we've blown it. Yeah. So I just loved that whole reverse thing of like, okay, yep. we as this, this spiritual group on campus are going to confess to you. So anyways, side note. Yep. I've got a bunch of friends who are uh, fours and or like four wings uh, in some way, shape or form. And um, they're always like, yeah, tell me how you feel. And I'm like, I don't want to. I just want to let's let's have a good time here, guys. <laughs> and so and they're always reading their sad books. And so I'm like, no, let's let's be happy for a minute. Let's uh, let's do that instead. So <laughs> exactly. Oh, man. I yeah, I love I love this. I love getting to talk to you, Tyler. Thank you again so much for being here, man. This is fun. Um, on the podcast, we do things in a couple of rounds. And the first round, I call it the first date round. Um, you've been married for a little now. Is that uh, how long you guys been married? Yeah, about 15 years. Hey, congratulations. Uh, good job, Lindsay, sticking with Tyler. That's great. You said her, her name's Lindsay, correct? Yeah, she's 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 a sex, so she'll never, she'll never leave me. She's loyal. Yeah, she <laughs> is. Good job. Um, yeah. You locked up a good one. But, um, I did. So about 15, 16, 17 years ago, you guys went on a first date. Um, and when you go on a first date, uh, the end goal is to try to figure out, is this person compatible with me? Like, are we like each other? And so... Uh, but when you're on that first date, you don't want to ask like yes or no questions. Like, do you like bread? Because like <laughs> sans an allergy, the answer is yes. And that's just the end of that conversation. Um, but do you like bread or are you uh, rocking some gluten-free realness? Okay, good. Um, Real bread. All right. Yeah. Live it up. Um, but yeah, so you want to ask the right kind of questions. And so uh, this is the first date round. These are kind of icebreaker get to know you style questions. Sound good? Yeah. Sounds great. All right, here we go. So what is like on a game night? What is your go to favorite card game? Uh, right now, it's the UNO 
or <laughs> UNO. <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> there's a, there's a, uh, the college I went to was UNO. It's <laughs> okay. But Uno, I was trying okay. to get to Uno. <laughs> Uno Flip is, Ooh. I think it's called Uno Flip. Yeah. It's crazy because, you know, you're playing Uno and then you have to flip the whole deck over and then you can play from the other side. It mm-hmm. messes you up. Uh, it's a little more complicated, but that's what my son loves. And so that's what we've been playing. Yeah, I, I can get down some Uno. My wife and her best friend have started playing Uno. They've got like a ongoing like weekly game that they've got like they're keeping score and uh, it's getting bad. And I saw online recently. I'm, I think I'm going to get it for my wife for Christmas. Uh, don't listen to this, babe. Uh, if you're listening, uh, it's, I think it's called like, um, like revenge, like Uno revenge or like dirty Uno or something. And Whoa. it's not like, it's not dirty, but it's like, uh, like draw 25 cards or, oh. um, like, uh, do jumping jacks for the next hand. Like, just like, there's just like a bunch of like extreme and maybe it's extreme. Wow. Uno, I don't remember. I'll put it in the the show notes <laughs> so everybody can get wow. that link. Um, That's, but yeah, it's, uh, it's intense. Tiring. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I love, uh, is there any, so like Uno's a great one. Is there any, like, just like if you got a deck of cards and you're with some people, uh, that kind of game that you'd go for? Um, just poker, I guess. I, I like poker. Okay. Um, we, we play a lot more board games in our house than card games. Okay. Uh, then we'll just for fun, what, is, what are your guys go to board games? Um, yeah. Yahtzee has been the my family game growing up when i was a uh-huh. kid and so yeah. i've sort of tried to implement that as a <laughs> the, as our family board game mm-hmm. for my kids and i just i just love yahtzee oh man uh, but you know we we play a lot of different games categories monopoly uh settlers of Catan. Ooh, now that my son's okay. now in middle my older son's in middle school and he really likes that game settlers yeah settlers is great those are all great choices um if it's just me and like a deck of cards um, I've learned a couple of new games, uh, some friends introducing to a game called, uh, called golf. Um, mm. and I don't know how to describe it. Um, but my favorite, just like if, especially if you got like, like six or eight people, like a good group is a game called Kemp's. And, mm. um, it's basically you have a partner. So like, let's say you and I were partners and, uh, the gameplay is that you're trying to get four of a kind and without letting anyone else at the table know, that I've got four of a kind, I would have to tell you that I've got four of a kind. And, um, interesting. It's super fun. And like, it's a really fast paced game. And a long time ago I was playing it at uh, this game called camps with uh, some friends. And, um, I know some sleight of hand stuff with uh, cards. And so my best friend was sitting across the table from me. He was my partner and I bottom dealt him four of a kind. And so that, that never happens. And, wow. He uh, so he like he picks up his his four cards and looks up with like the biggest in <laughs> awe face and just I'm like sure. that he just like struck gold and I'm, I'm just sure. dying laughing watching him like have this moment of extreme uh, joy and then I had to ruin it but telling him I bought him dealt but it was the most beautiful moment of my life <laughs> so that's awesome love it yeah and I love about that yeah oh man I'll I'll send you the rules and uh, and next time I'm in Omaha we'll get together play some uno and camps it'll be a good time so sounds great yeah all right uh, let's keep it going here um this one's a fun one that uh, i just thought of recently but if someone was to give you ten thousand dollars and you can buy one item this is a treat yourself item this isn't for your wife this isn't for your kids this isn't for anything else but if you could just buy yourself one and uh, your caps ten thousand i didn't want to go too crazy with a million 
This isn't Brewster's millions. Uh, but if you got $10,000 for one item, what are you buying? Yeah. So this is involves my wife, but it's also <laughs> selfish. Uh, but I would go to Italy with my wife. Ooh. I would spend $10,000 to go on a great like trip to Italy, maybe around Europe too, but okay. primarily Italy. She's always wanted to go there and uh, having us on the spectrum that that really can't, we just can't drop off with anybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it's hard because before we, when we were married without kids, we used to go to a different city each year, uh, mm-hmm. for, for a married vacation. So we went to San Francisco, uh, Seattle, uh, St. Louis, and it was, it was fun, but now we're in that season where we can't, mm-hmm. but we're going to make up for lost time someday. And I'll, I'll definitely get her to Italy, uh, sometime. Sounds good. So everyone listening, uh, we're starting a $10,000 GoFundMe for yeah. Tyler. <laughs> so right um, now I'm gonna have to spend the ten thousand on um, a new van. <laughs> no, no, no. We're this is uh, this is just fun money. So <laughs> okay, okay. Vans are boring. Um, but I'm gonna be honest with they you. We had a, a minivan for the longest time, and I love that thing. I yep. love me a minivan. I know yep. that makes me a weird dude, but <laughs> it's nice to be able to throw stuff in there and you know haul things and yeah. Yep. Throw the, throw the bike bikes in to go to a trail. It's it's useful. That and the sliding doors. We uh, so my wife a couple years back, she was like, "All right, we're out of the age where we need a minivan. Uh, we've got two boys. Let's. Uh, I want to like I want to make a trade, and and we got an SUV. And the thing that I miss the most is the sliding doors. Um, not even for like the power sliding thing, just for the fact that my now six year old couldn't fling the door open. Mm. at any passerby and or other car by us. Oh man, that kid, he's trying to kill us. <laughs> I know how it is. Yeah. They put your life in danger. They depreciate your house, uh, about 10, by about $10,000 yeah. at least. And mm. it's just how it is. Yep. He's yeah. uh yeah, he's a nut. Both of those kids are turkeys. Love him to death. <laughs> but, um, I'm, so I'm a bad podcast host. I ask these questions and I don't think about them. Uh, beforehand sometimes so if i was given ten thousand dollars like i don't know why i think i would and if this is just for me not for my family not for anything else i think i'd buy myself like a ridiculously expensive guitar just one Mm. of those things that like i have absolutely no use for like that there's not there's no reason for it but just like something that like uh leo fender himself made or something dumb like that (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or like John Mayer kissed and um, put his guitar playing abilities into um, like the Space Jam basketball, something like that. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. And then I would just uh, get out there and uh, join Hootie and the Blowfish and uh, be a multimillionaire. <laughs> so that oh, I Hootie. think that was my problem. I think I turned my uh, my thing into a money making scheme. This has gone horribly. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Oh, oh man, but that sounds fun. All right. So things we've learned about you. Number one, uh, it's time to get some new van stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, number two, you like to travel. Italy sounds mm-hmm. great. Uh, if you're in Italy, what are you looking forward to eating in Italy? That's the real question. Uh, what to do or eat? Yes. Yes. And eat it all. Um, what do you got? Oh man. We're, we, we love Italian food. So I, I just love getting over there and have some authentic Italian food, anything mm. with paired with some wine, be out in the vineyard. 
uh, go <laughs> see some really, really old buildings, historic places that are older than the U.S. That's always fun going and visiting places that are <laughs> yep. like older than our country. It's uh-huh. just that are historic and beautiful. Uh, just roaming around. Yeah, probably Venice in a little mm. gondola Ooh. floating around and and then also <laughs> trekking around Rome or somewhere cool. Yeah, and for then, sure. Yeah, having some wine and some some good pasta. Now, here's a question um, that uh, I don't know how you'll answer. I, I, I'm going to make a guess for your wife, but and I don't know this about you. So say you're walking around like in a historic place and say you're at a museum. Are you a guy that you stop and read every plaque or are you just like, let's see it all? Like, let's, no, let's zoom through no, this. No reading plaques. <laughs> and now, is your wife the opposite? Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> she's more so. She'll more so appreciate. She's more in the present and more slower. Mm-hmm. And I'm more like, follow me. Like it's a, a I don't know. I, I like being the, the tour guide for my family and this, uh-huh. you know, <laughs> I go too fast. And my the, son is like my wife. And so when they're at the zoo, they want to read every animal and kind of take it all mm-hmm. in. And I'm like, this is this is so boring. Let's, we've seen it. Let's just keep going. Yep. We uh, recently went to Philadelphia for uh, a couple of days. Oh, and in Philadelphia, uh, it's there is an old, uh, it used to be, it was a, one of America's first penitentiaries. And so, mm. um, and they have like the the headsets and like you hold, like it's not an iPod, but like a music playing device or a, uh, and so it's got you got a uh, oh, cool. guided audio tour and it was steve buscemi reading to you so you're already in for a treat there um and so and so like for me i don't want to stop and read everything but like they have it all paced out so you can like get to where you need to go and listen within that time and it was so cool that was like the perfect marriage of what my wife wants in a museum and what i want in a museum and uh, it was all super interesting so uh, 10 wow. out of 10 would recommend. I love that. I wish I would have had an audio tour when me and Lindsay went to the rock at Alcatraz uh, Whoa! For, in San Francisco, took a ferry right out to the old prison there. Uh-huh. That would have been cool to have an audio tour as we're walking through the, through the, prison I've heard there. that, uh, that Alcatraz is super cool that yeah. we went with another couple and they said that the husband had been to Alcatraz and he's like, he's like, I put this neck and neck with, uh, with Alcatraz, but he gave Alcatraz the, uh, the step up because there's mm-hmm. just a lot going on there. Yeah. If, mm-hmm. if I went to Alcatraz, I would spend the whole time quoting that Nicholas Cage movie yeah. with Sean Connery, the rock. And that was one of my I would favorite get very annoying. Up, the rock. Oh, oh it's so good. good. <laughs> yeah. I think I would say I take pleasure in gutting you boy. Uh, a million times. <laughs> oh, such a good uh, movie. Yeah. So good. Uh, that's Nicolas Cage at peak form. That, or it's uh, that, and then um, National Treasures on top, but they're, mm. they're pretty close there. So <laughs> that's great. Yep. Love, love, love some Nicolas Cage. All right. So that was the first date round. Um, that's, uh, I'm happy that we, we finally made our way back to Nicolas Cage movies because that's probably the most important thing we'll talk about today. But yeah, you just got to get, get that stuff out of the way there. Um, all right. So uh, the next round of questions, I call it the slow round and uh, it's a little bit less. Uh, do you like to travel or uh, how, what would you blow money on? Um, and a little bit more to the heart of you. So we've talked about some fun stuff. And so, uh, and you kind of alluded to this earlier, but, um, in a world where it's easy to kind of put forward your successes, uh, there's always, there's stories behind the success. And so, um, you've probably failed. You probably don't want to admit it. I don't think you have, uh, and I might be wrong. You might not have, but, 
uh, what is, and we talked about it earlier that this was going to be my favorite failure. So if you have like a most recent or like a failure that you've really learned from and really taken some stuff away from, what would you say is your favorite failure? Yeah. The word favorite is interesting. Like favorite failure. <laughs> There's no failures that are, I would say favorite or, uh, but there is like the biggest failure. I, I would say one of them is, is going back to the story with my wife of the infertility, um, story. I, th I think I kind of failed her in the way that I handled that situation and grieved. And now it's, I wish I would have known the Enneagram back then. I wish I would have had it in premarital counseling. Uh, cause it is, again, it's, it's psychology of the, of human beings. It's, it's how we, we think differently and grieve differently and have different fears. And we have all different lenses that we see the world. And, and when we're going through infertility, we just, we're grieving differently. And, um, Lindsay wept a lot. Uh, she, she cried a lot. Uh, she believed that we'd never see the miracle that we both were longing for. And to this day, still no miracles. We weren't able to ever get pregnant, which is something that she really wanted as, as a mom. She wanted to go through that experience, uh, birth experience and that, and she never was able to have that. And for, for years, I didn't allow myself to cry, uh, but I kept telling her to have more faith kind of what I alluded to earlier of, I thought I was more spiritual, uh, I thought I was mm. more positive and that she needed to be more positive like me, have more faith like me. And I sort of suppressed my emotions, um, uh, and just naively assumed that everything would work out like, Oh, it'll, it'll probably happen. Uh, and again, I'm going to, I'm, I'm sharing this, some of it through the lens of faith. And I realize that not everybody's coming from the same faith, but it's just kind of how I processed kind of processed it. Uh, but I just assumed that God would allow us to, to get pregnant at some point that he'd take us through a rough patch and teach us some things. And then we'd get out of it and that there would be a miracle. And then I realized later on that this was just sort of an uh, unconscious strategy to sweep things under the rug. That mm -hmm. what I, what I, what I thought of as faith or just believing and being positive was really just a, a defense mechanism to shove those hard emotions uh, underneath the rug. So I didn't have to deal with them because to deal with them would take a help. <laughs> I'd have to burn a lot of calories and go through a lot of pain. And I didn't want to do that. And so in doing that, um, sort of kind of like toxic positivity where mm. I, I, I talked about this in the type seven book, cause they're the, <laughs> they're extreme optimist, but, uh, and they, they break, they're like balloons that lift us up. Um, but if you inject too much helium, trying to be fun, talk funny like a chipmunk, <laughs> you, you, you ingest too much helium, you'll actually die uh, from mm -hmm. ingesting too much helium. So I, I call that, you know, toxic positivity. There is such a thing as too much positivity. And there is a positivity and a, a faith that can harm other people. Uh, it's, it's like a way of spiritual bypassing. And so in, in doing so, I sort of suppressed Lindsay's pain ignored her pain, dodged her emotions, and therefore failed to be a good husband, um, offering just a healing presence to her. Uh, I was sort of holding fast to being a stoic, holding fast to stoicism, when mm. really I should have been like sowing tears uh, with her. And thankfully, I joined a small group of, of friends who 
we're all stuck in various ways and we're part of this kind of call it a redemption group you could call it a support group uh there's different ways you could, you could call it but during one of our sessions the leader sort of pointed his finger at me and sternly said you know david he was talking about king david in the bible said king david was a man that grieved and was called a man after god's own heart and he says you haven't done that hmm. and so He's like, you think you're spiritual, but you're not <laughs> because someone who's truly spiritual is somebody who's going to wrestle uh, in these sorts of circumstances. They're going to be honest and authentic and they're going to cry and they're going to get angry. That's like that's what it means to be human. And you haven't done that. And so those words sort of shocked me out of passivity. And the next morning I was reading the story of Lazarus. And even if you haven't been in the Christian faith, you may have heard of the story of Lazarus, how he was in grave clothes. And then Jesus came and like rose him from the dead. And I was reading that story. And what stuck out to me was the fact that, and this is the shortest verse in the Bible and it's Jesus wept. And even though Jesus knew that he was going to write, raise this man from the dead of how the story goes, Jesus still like got down on his knees with the, with Lazarus's families and he just wept with them because he felt, he felt the, the stinging pain of death and the stinging feel of loss of losing someone that you, you really love. And Lindsay was grieving the loss of not being able to have a child naturally that looked like us, that talk like us, that all those sort of things. And I had not cried with her over that loss. And I felt like in that moment, I felt like he, like God said, Lindsay's tears are actually my tears. And so for the first time since our struggle, started weeping and uh, just weeping and went to her, told her what happened. And we were able to weep together. And from that moment on, I was from that failure of, of, of just failing to, to be a good husband and actually create space to listen to her pain, create space to receive her tears. Uh, that the failure of doing all of that, that's when it took a turn. and. It really changed how I pastored after that. Uh, going through that that brokenness and that experience uh, led me to grieve with with countless other people in the, in the decade to come as they were going through loss of losing a baby, uh, losing a loved one. Uh, so that 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 experience, that failure, really like changed my life. Um, and so, yeah, there's there's a lot of failures I could talk about, but that's kind of the easy one I go back to all the time. Is is um, the one that I've probably learned the most from is that yeah. whole experience. Yeah. I think the, there's a kind of reoccurring theme that happens a lot, uh, in this podcast, especially like when we get into the slow round, when people are talking about things that may not have turned out the way that they thought they were going to, or, uh, when they, they felt stuck in a thing that they didn't let it stop them from growing. But it seems like what you did with, with your failure was, it wasn't just you didn't let it stop at, I failed at this. Like that would have been detrimental to your life, to your marriage, uh, to your, the future ministry that you had. But instead of just taking it like, a, oh man, I failed and I'm done. You took it, you learned from it and you grew with it. And so, uh, and that's changed the course of your life and that's incredible. And so that it's, it's cool that you were able to turn that failure into something that has blossomed into something beautiful. That's cool. Yeah, man. And like I said before, threes type threes are notorious for 
um, saying this is how I turn my life around. And so I'm not saying that, but I'm <laughs> saying that in my brokenness and in my failure, uh, it was Lindsay, my wife, who offered me grace and forgiveness. And it was a, it was a community of people around me that helped redirect me <laughs> in the right direction. So there, yeah. so there was no cape that I had on me to, or cape that I put on to make these changes and pull myself up by my bootstraps. But it was, it was community and people around me that were helping me. Yeah. No, I, I absolutely get that too. I'm not saying that you're the hero here. Actually, you are the, you're the villain in this story. How dare you, sir? Just kidding. The, um, <laughs> I, would, I wouldn't go that far, Mike. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> the, uh, no, but like, even still, like the fact that you were able to internalize the things that you were learning and, uh, and that you've made real life change. It's, it's yeah. for me, um, I work in a church as well. And so stories of life change are, um, you hear them and like, it's easy to just like to bypass it and like, Oh, that's really great. Good for you. Congratulations. But that it's, it's had a ripple effect, not only because you were able to take your situation and learn from it. It's not only affected your relationship, it's affected your relationship with your kids. And then in turn affected uh, the people that you're ministering to and the people in your church and then the people now, and then at this very moment right now, me. And so I'm getting, uh, to benefit from you having learned and having ha honestly having failed. And so uh, that is something that like, I'm going to probably sit and chew on this one for a little while and think about it and uh, continue to learn. So that, <clears throat> excuse me, that I can continue to grow. And so it, it's important to not let these moments pass you by. And so if you're out there listening and you're thinking uh, well, that's really great for him, that he, he had to go through this moment and he had to go through that you're going to have your moments too. And uh, it's fun sometimes looking back on things that you would have considered a failure and looking back on them and seeing how they were uh, a turning point, a linchpin in your life to change you towards the life that you're supposed to be living. And so I'm happy that uh, I'm happy in one term and also sad that you failed. Thank you for, for being honest in that. Yeah. I have a friend that says uh, failure is not fatal. Mm -hmm. Just, realizing that okay even if you come up against a failure um that it's it's not the end of you but it's a the beginning of a new chapter if you respond and take responsibility so i i love that because as someone who really wants to stay away from failure as, as much as possible <laughs> it's like okay that no those can actually be new like chapter markers in, in yeah. my, my watch they don't have to be a reflection that i am worthless and have no value um mm -hmm if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. So this actually kind of leads us into our next uh, question here. So like you've, you've had all these different seasons in your life and uh, you've kind of just turned the page into a new one with uh, your Enneagram coaching and your writing and all of these things. So you're kind of like looking out at brand new horizons. And so what's something that you're looking forward to right now as you're looking out into the future of what you got going on? Yeah. Well, the default of mine as a three and this is just something I share in common with a lot of people that identify with that achiever mindset. And by the way, I think our whole country like favors threes more than any other sort of personality because they love people who can get crap done, look good doing it and <laughs> get results. And that's the sort of like culture that's, but that's mm -hmm. not the cult. That's not other cultures. People don't realize that that's not how it is in other parts of the world. Like I was just, I was uh, on a podcast, an Australian podcast Ooh, and there's a guy who's a type nine, just like you. Um, and he said that it, it's the best place to be a nine because <laughs> everyone 
is like uh, easygoing and they're, they don't have big egos. And in fact, if you're like a three like me and you have a website, a domain name with your name in it.com, he says you will be made fun of, <laughs> you will be looked down upon. Like anybody that tries to rise above the rest of the, the population to make something of themselves, to be a somebody is just like made fun of and looked down <laughs> on. And I was like, what? That is so cra <laughs> crazy. Uh, because here in, in our culture, you might feel bad being a nine. You might feel mm -hmm. bad that you're not achieving as much or getting yourself out there uh, like these other achievers. And, you know, it's just it's, it's just different wherever you're at. And mm -hmm. um, so, OK, I think I was mentioning all that to say that I need to stop thinking that way because that's how I sleep when I'm on default. That's how that's how I think when I'm a zombie and just kind of going through life is I got to achieve more. I got to figure out how to you know, make an influence in this life and da, 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 rather than like, what do I enjoy? How can I spend, how can I slow down and spend time with my family and absorb the richness of my life? That's right here in the present around me. So I'm trying to think that way. And it's really, really hard because it's like counterintuitive. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm thinking about like, okay, how can I, yeah, go on more family vacations. Um, like COVID was like such a great experience our family because it slowed me down i gotta work from home mm -hmm. i gotta build a chicken coop and build a some garden beds for my wife and we spent lots of quality time as a family together and it was like the best season even though it was like the worst season for you know for our culture um but just doing things that like slow down and now that i'm not in ministry anymore it's beautiful to not have to think about church stuff on the weekends like sunday's coming <laughs> but i can like take my son to go to husker like basketball games football games just do things on the weekend that aren't achieving anything but just enjoying life and so I, so what i'm looking forward to in this in the future is more experiences like that making more memories with my family and uh my wife and i want to write some kids kids books together and now that That's i've awesome. kind of figured out self-publishing me and my wife want to want to yeah write some kids books together. So that's kind of something fun that we've been talking about for the future. That's super cool. I'm excited for you, and I've got a couple of young guys. So do it quickly so that they can enjoy it. Uh, enjoy it, please. <laughs> awesome. Oh uh, yeah, that's cool. All right. Um. Yeah, I love that for you. I love the idea of getting to like slow down, have some intentional family time, and uh, yeah, just focus on what's most important. That the thing that I've seen a lot recently is how much time is a thief. And so mm -hmm. with my family, like I, I've gone through definite seasons where I've been too busy for my own good and trying to do too much for my own good. And about once every two weeks, I tell my wife, I'm like, we got to slow down. And then two weeks later, it's like, babe, we really got to slow down. And like, I'm, I'm at the point where I'm like, I just really don't want to miss this stage in my kid's life. I'm never going to get a six and a nine year old again. And so, um, I gotta, yeah. I gotta, enjoy this while I got it. So I think it's cool that you guys have taken the intention and that you've kind of structured your life in a way that you can start to do those things. So good work. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Yeah. Now there's one question we ask everybody on the podcast and you're here. So I'm asking you, and it can be something as small as you figured out a new way to brush your teeth, uh, to get more plaque off of them, or it could be something big, like you've discovered <laughs> a new branch of science. Uh, but what is something you're learning right now? <laughs> I was thinking about this and I was like, what could I share? And I think this is a good answer because this is really a big, big deal in my life right now. So to be honest, 
Um, I'm still deconstructing and reconstructing my faith. Um, yeah. So during during COVID and then going through all the injustices that we went through, wow, there is so much going on spiritually in our country. But I mean, by that, I mean, like people are walking away from church. People are walking away from their faith. People are swap churches. <laughs> uh, when the, all the politics stuff came up, you realized, oh, I'm sitting next to you, but I have totally different political views from you. I don't want to be around you anymore. And, you know, hightailed it out of there. So much craziness. Uh, and uh, what's the word? Um, co- you know, conflict, disruption, maybe is a good word. Yeah. And, and it's actually, I think, a good thing because it caused people to sort of question what they believe and try to ask more questions. And, and so I kind of went on a journey because to be honest, uh, it was very, um, concerning for me because now I was in a multi-ethnic church. We had just merged. I was around, I've Asian brothers and sisters, Latino brothers and sisters, black brothers and sisters, uh, who are all experiencing these, all these things happening in the world. And I'm like, okay, the, the tribe that I grew up with, the, the kind of the church tradition that I grew up with, was very silent, uh, was very uh, acting in very surprising ways to me. And it, so it caused me to question sort of the spiritual foundation that I sort of was raised in. And I started asking lots of questions. And then I started to read more about the history of the world and, and try to wrap my mind around a spiritual beliefs and history. And it kind of put me in an existential crisis that actually was a very good thing. Because I'm asking lots of questions and coming out of that season where, I, where I'm asking those things, I feel like I'm more open-minded. I feel like I'm mm-hmm. more empathetic towards people who don't believe what I believe or, or grew up in the same tradition as me. I feel like I'm more curious. I feel like I, I love people better than I did before that, again, are on the diff- different side of the political spectrum or religious side of the spectrum or whatever, you know. Every spectrum. <laughs> uh, I just feel like I'm more curious, more open-minded. I love people better. And um, and I, I'm at that point in, in life where I'm like, I know I don't know everything. And I want to stay curious. Yeah. Uh, because when you start getting into the, like, I know the truth. I am exactly right in the middle. <laughs> I'm perfectly balanced <laughs> in my beliefs. You start getting into that. There's sort of the spiritual pride or just regular pride that takes over and causes you to not love and judge people and judge other people. And yeah. uh, I think that COVID and that whole season sort of disrupted that and has put me on a path of healing from some of the spiritual pride that I used to have. So I, that's in a nutshell is kind of what I'm <laughs> learning and going through. I know it's a big existential thing, but I'm sure people that are listening will be able to resonate with, with some of this yeah, absolutely. because I know I'm not the only one. Yeah, no, the in life there's disruptors and uh I think COVID was definitely one for a lot of people and then throw in a couple of wars, a couple of uh racial yeah. uh disparities and then a bunch of gender stuff. There's just yeah. Um as a nine, I hate all of this stuff and I just wanted to go <laughs> crawl in a, a closet somewhere. Um yes. And that no, it it makes you if, if you're intentional, it makes you stop and think and want to take a step back and, and really examine things. And so I'm guessing your four wing was going crazy and your three ring was, or your three, uh, this was trying to 
uh, just put a good face forward and it's all conflict. And so, and then me as a nine was just over there curled up in a corner. So, uh, <laughs> uh, but at the end of the day, yeah, it really does make you kind of step back and be like, what is going on here? And so it's cool that, that you're taking that opportunity to learn. And, uh, again, it's probably just in the end of the day at some point, uh, through what you're doing and putting out in the world, it's just going to help people. And so it's cool that you've taken the time to step back and learn from it instead of just letting it happen to you. It, you're learning from it and growing with it. So good job. Appreciate that, Mike. Thanks so much for saying that. All right. Now, so we are at the end of the podcast here. You got your uh, sticky notes here. Um, this round of uh, questions, I like to call it the common ground round. Now, this podcast, we've talked about uh, all sorts of uh, big things and how uh, we are similar in the world. But this last round is just how you and I are similar. And so we're going to see if maybe you and me are the same. So you've got your your pen there. You've got your, do uh, you got sticky notes? Is that what you grabbed earlier? I got like a little note card thing here. Ooh la la, so, fancy town. Yeah. All right. So uh, we're going to answer and we'll reveal them at the same time. There'll be no cheating. And uh, <laughs> and you ready for this? All right, here we go. Yep. Would you rather have M&Ms or Reese's Pieces? Or Reese's Pieces, if you say it correctly. All right, let me know when you're ready to reveal yours. I'm ready. Are you ready? Here we yep. go. Three, two, one. I went M&M's. You went? Reese's. I can't hey, see it. What does it say? Reese's. Re Reese's Pieces. Oh, no. What is wrong with <laughs> my fancy camera? My fancy camera can't read. <laughs> it's all good i can't either so i'm i need you to read them to me anyway um yeah so uh you're uh, a peanut butter kind of guy is that what i'm picking up yes yes <laughs> yeah i love halloween because when my my kids come back and they don't like it as much i'm like i'll, I'll take all the reese's from you the, more power to you my you yep. and my brother would actually i was gonna say you'd get along but you wouldn't get along because you'd both be fighting for the same candy <laughs> you and i we could hang out you could have all the reese's pieces and all uh, my goal is to get the peanut butter M&M. I'm uh, not peanut butter, but uh, peanut M&Ms. Those are, that's the gold mm, standard right there. I like those too. And side <laughs> note, as an achiever, I was, yeah, I created a, a roadmap of like my neighborhood and like, okay, this is how we're going to get to the most amount of houses in the least mm -hmm, amount of mm -hmm. time. Yeah. Be very efficient. And then I realized after a couple of years that doing that gave my kids more candy which causes them to be more mm. sugared up and high for <laughs> not not high but you know what i'm saying yeah yeah i got uh, you on a sugar high there uh, it is <laughs> edit that out what, what kind of neighborhood uh, are you living in man <laughs> <laughs> in nebraska weed's not legal here so it's <laughs> it's just sugar highs uh but uh but then i realized what am i doing mm -hmm. and so this year you know we just went out for 45 minutes came back and i could just settle down not not trying to <laughs> Get my kids out the van doors, both sides. Hey, I'm going to meet you up the street. You got 30 <laughs> seconds. Go, 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 go. Like it's some sort of SWAT operation. Uh, uh, I love that for you. And uh, <laughs> I just imagine you in like a, one of those like track suits with a whistle. Yes. Uh, looking very much like a, a Mike Ditka or something. Just yeah. going to town yelling at your kids. Um, I'm, I'm ridiculous. So, but okay. like in, in that uh, in that that former version of yourself, the dad tax would probably be much higher because you'd put so much effort into it. Um, so think about yeah. that. You might want to go back to your old strategy again. Get more candy, more dad tax. It's yep. uh, it's a vicious cycle, but it's very important. <laughs> it is. It is. Sorry to derail you. What's the next question? No, no, no. 
All right. Oh, wow. Okay. We'll keep moving on. <laughs> um, I was going to tell you how much I love M&Ms, but I don't want to now. Um, just kidding. Here we go. Would you rather give a speech or write a paper? This one is easy for me. Let me know when you're ready. I already know. But you're gonna Here we go. Away. I went speech. What did you put? Right. Oh, I I kind of figured that for you after, especially after our conversation. But uh, you wanna you wanna sit down and write? Is that uh? That's that seems very un three of you. Uh, I'm the introverted three. Okay. I'm an introverted achiever, so I like okay. to s- spend time by myself, writing and reflecting and being by myself. That that's what charges recharges me. Uh-huh. And then to let my books and let my writing speak for itself uh, mm-hmm. to impress people as a three. I don't really want to try to impress people on stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, so as a pastor, I gave, you know, hundreds of sermons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and it never got e- oh, it got easier. But I was I was just anxious before I had to go up and get on stage. Some pastors mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm just chomping at the bit to get on stage. And I'm like, <laughs> no, that's that's not me. I could I could sit this one out because I, I burn a lot of calories uh-huh. having to get in front of people because I just feel as like there's a bigger target on my back. Uh, uh-huh. Just uh, being able to fail when I'm speaking. And I just. Yeah. So. Right. And so I've written that's that's again. Uh, um that's how I've been able to, to pump out books is just I write one hour a day and it's just like mm-hmm. incremental steps, just a little mm-hmm. doing that little by little over the course of years pays off. So. Yeah. Good for you, man. More power to you. I so a long time ago on uh, I don't know if have you ever heard of the website Reddit? Yeah. Um, a long, long time ago, uh, there was an Enneagram Nines subreddit. And I just asked all of uh, the people in the group if or whoever responded. I was like, I just want to see if like do a scientific. I did bunny ears on scientific uh, question. How many of you like put your you're a type nine, but what is your uh, Myers Briggs personality type? And uh, just I just wanted to see if maybe I was like all those people in that group. And mm-hmm. so a lot of them responded that they were uh, INFPs, so they were introverted, uh, and I'm an ENFP, and so. I like, I kind of felt like the oddball in the group because I'm just like, if given the opportunity, like throw me on a stage uh, with zero preparation and let me just have fun for 15 minutes or an hour or whatever, and we'll just have a good time. But to sit down and write things, that is like all of my dread and it it is. Yeah. So I don't know why I want to write a book, but I do. <laughs> Not to get too technical, but it, you could be a social nine. So there's like three different, mm. you can break it down into different, three different types of nines. And, and one uh-huh. of them is a social nine. And so they look a lot like threes. They look very productive. They look like achievers because when they get around a group of people or a podcast mm-hmm. like this, hey. they're moving, they're talking, they're doing things. Um, but they still have this sort of the same core motivations as other, other more introverted nines, uh, for example. But not to get into yep. that, but just a nope, side I'm, note. I'm all, I, I love hearing about myself. Keep talking about me, please. That's great. (laughs) That is the Uh, selfish side of me. I'm a selfish nine. I don't know. All right. Um, This one is, I don't know if there's any uh, Enneagram bearing on this one, but we're just going to go for it. Would you rather explore deep space or the deep ocean? Deep space or deep ocean? Mm. 
Let me know when you're ready. I'm ready. Three, two, one. I went space. Which way did you go? Space. I can't see. Space, space. look at us. We finally did it together yes. at last. Yeah, ocean, I get claustrophobic <laughs> down there, and especially with the recent uh-huh. tragedy, people dying down in the, in the <laughs> ocean. <laughs> you know. I'm like, mm, I'll stay out of the ocean. And there's not sharks now, in space. Uh, and you don't know dangerous that animals. space is a very big place. We there might be space sharks. You Here's never one know. thing. Does your wife think that there's aliens? aliens Does my exist? wife think that there's aliens? Yeah. We don't talk about this very much. Um, and okay. after this, I'm going to uh, talk to her about it. And okay. I will put in the show notes if my wife thinks there's aliens. I'll shoot you a text after this and let you know what she says. Most like type fives and type type sixes down in that area believe in. Uh-huh uh more conspiracy theories and they believe in mm-hmm. aliens extra trust for life and i always uh-huh. roll my eyes because i'm like no i don't i don't i don't believe there's aliens so we it's kind of a ongoing almost fight that we have <laughs> in our mm, marriage okay uh, she can't believe well, it's a big that. universe out believe there in, in the aliens so but she does so, so see if your type six wife um <laughs> is is into alien you know believes in aliens too uh babe if you're listening if you could write in the chat uh what you think about aliens that'd be great um yeah i i want to believe that there are space sharks so let me have this one moving on all right um i think uh mm, i don't know what i think you're gonna do on this one i've got my answer but would you rather be a teacher or a student teacher or a student oh my Mm. goodness what do i want to do Tyler is deep in contemplation mode right now. Let me know when you're ready. Right I'm ready. Answer. Here we go. I put teacher. What do you got? Teacher. Hey. Yeah. You re- you remember 90% of what you teach. So you're actually a better student if you are a teacher. Mm. <laughs> I it, It's a little annoying that you had a smart answer to that. I'm just <laughs> shooting from the hip over here. So <laughs> you're, just, you're in this for the knowledge. I'm just here for a good time. Um, and I wasn't a very, I was never a good student. I didn't get good grades because I was spaced out. Cause I was bored. Um, but if you out? give me something, so you, intelligent life in space. <laughs> mm. If you give me something that I'm passionate about, I will research that thing to no end and become super competent. But if it's something I don't care about, which most of school was just, generalized learning it just did not mm-hmm. i just i actually true story i got a sent to go get my hearing checked because the teacher thought that i literally had hearing physical like hearing problems and it's like nope i just spaced out didn't want to listen to you uh, they're like beep, beep, uh, beep. i was like listen my like his hearing is perfect uh, yeah <laughs> That when my, uh, when our, one of our sons was in uh, preschool, they did a, uh, like, it was like, this is a a comprehensive hearing test and a uh, vision test. And we were super excited to get the results back. And uh, we thought it was going to be like this, like in depth thing. And it was just like a a three by five card that said sight and like a checkbox that said passed with the checkbox that said passed. And then um, and hearing he passed as well. But at some point, one of his teachers was like, we don't know if Ben uh, can hear us. And we're like, we're pretty sure he can hear you. And so like we <laughs> went, we went to an audiologist and had him checked and we're like, he can hear you. <laughs> he just, he doesn't want to, probably doesn't want to do it. <laughs> so 
<laughs> yep. Oh, that kid. Love him to death. All right. This last one and is. Do you, do you know that? Do you know, Mike, that nines. Sorry, nines are notorious for shaking their head. Yes. When they really disagree with you on the inside. So you never. Can I take, don't you know never what can... you're talking about. <laughs> I've never done that once in my life. So I didn't know if you resonated with that, but uh, I uh, no, I think I'm a bad nine in that respect that I'm. So we were talking about the wings earlier. My wing is an yep. eight. And so uh, uh, and, you have a blunt and, wing. Mm, yeah. Not again, so. not to get confused with the weed, but <laughs> blunt <laughs> as in blunt, blunt, weed. Yes. Um, blunt, honest, honest, blunt. Yeah. Yes. So. The the thing that uh, the staff here has coined that is um, this just kind of become a thing is when I am like I am just being overly passive, but like everything is annoying me is they call it Arthur hands. Have you ever seen that meme of the cartoon uh, character Arthur where he's got his fist by his side? Mm-mm. Um. All right, I'll send it to you later, but. It's a uh, it's just a cartoon character and his hand is in a fist by his side. And so like mm. everything else looks really passive, but he's got his fist clenched. And uh, so, um, yeah. So if I if I am like just letting things like if I'm just letting things happen that aren't right and I'm uh, angry inside <laughs> that they call it Arthur hands. And so uh, that's one of the the tortured combinations. There's a number of, and I'm a three with a four wing. It's a tortured type. Yours is a tortured type because of that exact where your, your bluntness will make you say things in the moment uh, that your eight wing will cause you to be blunt. And mm-hmm. then your nine will beat you up the rest of the day being like, Oh my gosh, now he's probably mad at you. Now he's probably going to, you know, they're probably, there's going to be conflict or he's not going to want to be your friend anymore. And like just that constant inner, inner battle Mm -hmm. uh not everybody experiences that but congratulations you do mike hey look at us tortured (laughs) souls (laughs) oh man the the one that we figured out so between my wife and i is um in traffic if like if we like say somebody cuts us off she will like like verbalize like "Ah, i can't believe it and like in my head so she's at in that moment she's done with it it's gone that person is it's no longer in her brain, but me, I'm like, is she okay? Are we going to spend the rest of the day feeling this, uh, this feeling that, that we just got cut off and like, she's angry now. And, and she's like, no, I immediately forgot it. And I'm over <laughs> here. Like, I'm like, what do we got to do to make things better? Should I tell a joke <laughs> yep. right now? And so, um, yeah, it's fun again. Like if you can figure out these tools and use them to help you, yeah, it's great. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and then she gets mad at me for asking her over and over if uh, she's okay. <laughs> she's like, yes, I'm fine. I'm okay. I'm not okay now because you keep asking me. But moving on. Actually, this actually segues into our last one here. Uh, do you like pancakes or waffles? Would you oh, like pancakes okay. or waffles? And I will give you the caveat of you can add any ingredients into said pancake or waffle. But I know which way I'm going here. Here we go. Three, two, one. I went pancake. Pancakes. Pancake and we we got the last three together. I feel good about that. Feel great about that. What is your dream pancake? Oh, like chocolate chip pancakes with mm. with whipped cream on top. I have a okay. sweet tooth. My wife has a um she likes salty things. Uh mm-hmm. so I, I'm the sweet eater. So I'll take 
even last night she made banana bread and I was like putting extra chocolate chips on top. <laughs> and then I made homemade whipped cream for my son. Uh, and then I was putting that whipped cream on. I was like, see, look, look Lindsay, look what I did. And she's like, Oh, Oh, that's but, awesome. Yeah. There yeah. was uh, one time on the podcast that uh, I had uh, a guy on that uh, he had written a book and I, I didn't know him personally. And so uh, I asked one of the first questions was, what's your dream breakfast? And like in my brain, a dream breakfast is like sugar and carbs and all of this stuff. And he's like an egg white omelet with, uh, if I'm feeling crazy <laughs> spinach and I'm like, whoa, 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 yeah. this is not how dreams work. This is yeah. not, this yeah. is not the ideal. But yeah, no, for me, it's a good pecan uh, pancake um, and uh, with some syrup. That's just, that's beautiful. I could, mm, yeah. <laughs> we had a girl on our church's staff team that came from the Northeast. Uh, mm -hmm. She went to like Harvard or something and and she brought kale and kombucha to to work. And she was like trying to share it with people and we're like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> this is the Midwest. <laughs> what are you doing? Are you, you're, that's oh, not man. welcome here. <laughs> like get that quinoa out of here no one's got time for that yes yes <laughs> oh, man. oh man um tyler this has been so much fun thank you again uh, so so much for being here this has been unreal uh and i'm just uh, i'm still shocked when anyone says yes to joining in so thank you for saying yes and being here uh, it's been a blast and there's people that they've heard this conversation today and maybe it's uh, one of their first exposures to the Enneagram and uh, they want to learn from you, dig in to the Enneagram with you, or just even get to know you a little bit better. What's a great way for people to follow you and kind of join you on this Enneagram journey? Yeah, the biggest kind of where the party's at is Instagram. <laughs> uh, and that's so gospel for Enneagram. Uh, I'll also put the you can put the link in the show notes if you want the direct link. Absolutely, but yeah. Gospel for F O R Gospel for Enneagram, mm. and I have tons of content on there that's not faith related. That's really it's a blessing to all, and I put content out, content out like new series every single week. I'm also putting new uh, video, one video a week, um, on like what it's like to be a Type Three or what it's like to be a Type Three in love. Uh, what it's mm. like to be a type three child or type nine mm. child. So you can binge watch like 90 minutes of uh, video content for free on YouTube on gospel for Enneagram. And uh, if, if the best, my labor of love has been my books. So if, if you want a faith related book, it's 180 pages on just encouraging you and helping you to get to know yourself in astonishing ways. Like the, that 40 day devotional series that I've, putting together that's going to be done here really soon is a, is a great just a great tool um it's a labor of love it's a, just an encouraging letter for me to you it's really long and uh there's three reflection questions at the end of each of the 40 days an action step um it's it's yeah i i go get go get it now on amazon it's i think you'll really enjoy it um so uh yeah that's that's how they can find me yeah, it's close to Christmas, everybody. Find out your friends and loved ones' <laughs> yeah, Instagram yeah. numbers. Buy them a book. A great Christmas gift. Yeah. Yep, sounds good. And uh, if you are the 100th listener to this episode, uh, Tyler's going to send you a free copy. Nice. Of one of the Let's do it. <laughs> There's <laughs> no way it. to quantitate that. I just wanted to make <laughs> it happen. Um, but I just can't wait to see who uh, who's the 100th listener. Um, and again, Tyler, thank you so much for being here. And uh, everyone else out there listening, thank you for joining us this week. We will see you next time here on Maybe You're Like Me. Thanks, Tyler. Thanks, Mike.